how do we get this trial going, more investment in it, and really help our trial users feel and understand the value of AppQs. That kind of spoke to a lot of people in the app very quickly of how do we demonstrate the value of AppQs, not just our features. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Experience. We'll give you an inside look behind the top product-led experiences each week. You'll hear inspiring new examples, proven strategies, and hard-earned lessons from experts. This is one of your co-hosts, Ramley John, and I have here my other co-host, Lila. How's it going, Lila? Hello, everyone. And I am super excited to have joining us um, Kay Lidke, Senior Product Manager at AppCube. Welcome, Kay. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. She's got some big shoes to fill since she came here because she is now running our size nine and a half shoes. Okay, they're not massive, but um, she is now running our onboarding experience and our welcome team, as it's called right now, internally at AppQs. So it's super exciting to pass the torch to someone and also see all the cool changes she's done. And that's what we're going to kind of dig into today. So no harm, no foul, and all the updates. I'm very excited to see what they are. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how the definition has evolved since you've taken over onboarding, like about what success looks like for new users to give people some context. It used to be like before I joined, it was, I had changed it. And then when I joined, I changed it. And then, so curious, Kay, what you've, what you've come up with now. Yeah, um, so success for new users at AppQs is, I feel like, an ever-evolving thing. Coming in, I heard a lot and talked to a lot of people around how it was getting someone to build something. What that something was, we weren't quite sure, but it really felt like it was flows. So from like very start, talking with Lila, we kind of figured, okay, we'll get people to build. Like If we can go get them to build a flow, that'll be great. And so that still is larger success metric, but was expanded into how do we get someone in trying to touch something, trying to experience it. And then ideally long-term would be to like publish, but that's a bigger hurdle. So initial success metric is how do we get someone in and get into our Chrome extension to build either like a pin or a flow, or maybe they don't want to install the Chrome extension. Can we get them to build a checklist? So it's really that kind of like build an experience is going to be our point of activation within the app. That makes a ton of sense. I think building is like such a core thing to what we do. Like, I mean, I feel like that's necessarily like the first, oh, look how easy it is to build something with AppQs, which leads to the question around what kind of metrics are you tracking uh, right now uh, in terms of like measuring that build success? It could, might be several or it could be other things that you're you're actually taking a look at. Yeah. So I have two right now that I'm really trying to pay close attention to. My first one is how many people are installing our Chrome extension? Really to build an app queues, you need the Chrome extension. Like you can go easily create a flow and never open the Chrome extension, but you're not looking at the value of app queues at that point. You've just kind of created a thing on a page. Um, getting into the Chrome extension is where you're gonna start to identify the value. So it's gonna be number one, have people installed the Chrome extension. Number two, is going to be, have they built something in that Chrome extension? I'm still largely looking at flows because that's the easiest to track, um, but we do have metrics around the other ones as well, such as pins, um, just to see what our trial users are um, and monitoring kind of what that percentage is over a period of time. That's interesting. And I know we have 
you know, one thing that you've done a really good job at um, since you got here is also like creating basically a whole a trial program more than we've had in the past. Can you talk a little bit about like how you rallied more people in the right. company around the trial? Yeah, coming in, that was kind of the initiative for me was like, how do we get this trial going more investment in it and really help our trial users feel and understand the value of AppQs. Um, that kind of spoke to a lot of people yeah, very quickly of how do we demonstrate the value of AppQs, not just our features. And so as I've talked to each part of the organization, trying to make sure we're listening and hearing what's going to help people drive to what they need. And that's really started to fill in our program. So within the application, we've mimicked that as well. Initially, the flow that we are seeing in app was more feature-based. There was a good flow, I've like hijacked a lot of it and the different visuals, and it was great. But how do we help people understand the app use terminology? That's a big hurdle for people. What is a flow? I don't know. I used to be an app use user and I called it a tour. So what is this flow? What does this mean? Um, so helping people really get quick in, get them to build something, but make sure we're educating along the way. In addition, aligning with our sales team. We want to make sure that we're kind of helping to funnel people, putting more like call to actions in there to say, okay, maybe you're getting a little stuck. Can we get you help with someone? And kind of making sure that we're informing, putting in points of contact along the way. And that's really kind of echoing how we want to build our company behind it as well. So really filling in these gaps around a trial program, both kind of in-app and within the organization. Yeah, that makes sense. And we like, actually you and I had had this Slack discussion, like right when you first started too, about like how we define different types of onboarding at AppQs. So maybe you could talk a little bit and just show, cause like I'm tempted to say it for you. So maybe you could just share a little bit about like how we define that and how you're looking at it and like mm. what you're focused on. We kind of like talk about it all through AppQs that it shouldn't be like a one size fits all onboarding process. And mm. you're gonna have your trial users and you're gonna have your new users, which are different than trial users. And you're gonna have your new accounts, which are different than both trial and new users. There's all sorts of different categories that people fit into. And if you try and put everybody in the same mold, we know in all experiences of our life, that's never going to work. We're not all fitting in the same mold. And so when you and I had like initially talked in these Slack conversations, it was like, well, what is like, what does it mean to be in a trial? And what does it mean to be a new user? And right. do they flow together? Sure. Are they like, are they the same? Where do they separate? Is, should trial be the first steps of onboarding or should it be handled separately? And like in those conversations, we were like, no, the trial is like, it's not a quick way to onboard someone. If we do that, we're not going to see a lot of success, but if we treat it as a moment that we can capture someone and then build educating on in the future, once you've really signed them on or if they want to learn more, those are opportunities. And so kind of building off of that, it's now starting to create these categories of like, okay, right now I'm focused on a trial. And for these trial users, how do I know what they want to do? I can make a whole bunch of assumptions, but AppQs is a big product with a lot of power. Okay. And how do I like find out what they wanted to do or if they're interested in something? We're going to start capturing that. Or like recently we've started going down the path of like, role you see in a lot of like SaaS companies when you sign up they ask you what your role is and i don't know if you're like me like this is super silly why do they want what my role is and sometimes i like to game the system and also do that like oh i'm going to choose like developer and just see what adventure i get to go on today but it makes a difference because exactly that i get to go on an adventure like i'm gonna pretend That's to be cool. someone else we don't want people to do that yeah 
but like it makes a difference that way with our onboarding flow i can start to say okay you are coming in and your intent is improving your trial conversion ratio and your developer can i make an assumption about you at that point maybe not initially because i have to like learn about what you're going to do mm -hmm. like maybe i can route them somewhere in the future like, maybe they just want to go and figure out our installation docs um, and they just oh, wow. chose onboarding because it seemed like a cool fun image a little square so like and starting to re-leverage that type of data as we go um so like initial steps just try to figure out who our users are i think i have like a whole initiative right now that's even named who are you like <laughs> you just want to know <laughs> like that's starting to unlock value within our app is who are you and you're doing that partially through like a goal selection screen that you've mm -hmm. added into the onboarding process, right? Yeah, it's currently in progress by our engineering team. Um, we had initial discussions around like putting it into a flow, but we'd actually tried that I think a couple years ago prior to me doing it. Um, and we decided that this time around, like we want to hold users to it. We want to be able to re-leverage that data, both like in AppQ's, like underneath all of our systems and help our sales team and CX kind of know, but then within the app. And so the best source for this one was actually going to be building something into the application. Interesting. It's a really fascinating discussion around like, what do you build in-house versus like, what do you build use uh, app keys for? And it's funny because we're having that discussion as a no code builder. <laughs> right. tool. And you landed on this, that it was better to be a leverage before uh, they get into any flows is what I heard here. Yeah, but it's actually kind of funny too, because I see app queues, not just as like a no code builder, but a quick way for me to test things. Um, one mm. of the things right now that we're starting to talk about and like we want to do is our mobile push for marketing. Like we want to know who's a mobile only company versus who's a web only. And we don't have a way to do that in our application right now. And so we could go build that in as like a checkbox in our onboarding flow. We're probably going to get there, but we don't have engineering resources and priorities for a little while. And so can I build that in an A-free as a proof of concept of how I want to distribute my information? What's going to be helpful? And so I, I use app queues a lot of times also as like my proof of concept before I go have engineering build something and really want to like ingrain a lot of resources into it. Can we test it out? Make sure it's the data that we're looking for before we spend a lot of revs on it with a whole team behind it. I lot I forgot which company it was. I think it was Privy where they did the exact same thing. They tested out like different segments and then they used like flow logic. I, I, I don't quite remember, but it was one of the companies that we heard that exactly did this where they tested out something before they got engineering to build it. Right. Yeah. We've, we've talked to like three companies, I think so far recently that have done this Hotjar, a Weber, um, Privy have done this exact approach. And it's interesting because they, um, have similar hurdles that we do as well, which is like an installation code and a couple other things that are like more difficult, uh, kind of blockers to, um, activation than some other products that don't have that. So it's really interesting to see kind of where you, when you draw that line and how you use AbQ's like for research um, versus using like building in-house. Super yeah. interesting. I really want to jump in now to uh, one of the updated flow or copy that you've been working on. Uh, Kay, can you share it to the uh, audience right now exactly what that flow is and 
when people see it and who sees it and uh, what are some changes that has happened to that specific flow itself? Yeah, of course. Let me share my screen here. So the first one, as I'm sharing my screen that I'm going to show, is that is our welcome to app queues. You see this okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, our welcome to app queues little welcome flow. So the image, the wave, the welcome message, that has all been the same. That was great work done by Lila. It's kind of flashy. It's fun. Anybody who signs up for a new trial account will see this. And so what we've done within here is we changed the copy underneath a bit, just trying to help people drive focus into building. If we want people to go build something, let's drive them to that. Um, and this was actually following some call to actions that were on our marketing page. Um, I think there may have been a slight shift a little bit since then, but we were trying to create that stream, like seamless experience from marketing website, sign up flow, land in the application. How do we like pull that together for someone so that they're seeing consistent messaging instead of coming in and being like, I don't know where to go. Nothing actually says build on our like application proper. How can we make sure we keep a nice message along the way? Um, so user lands in here. Um, we have them click left build. If they want to go kind of throughout the application, they can of course close out of this if they want to go explore on their own. Um, we've also have the app use mobile call to action. Um, and this just allows them to click out and go to our um, demo site for our mobile where they have to request with sales. And so we're actually looking at changing this one a little bit. So those are some of the initial changes that we put on here. Okay, quick question on this. So, and quick clarification too, like I, I love the idea of making the experience like from the, I don't know, marketing site, the homepage, yeah. whatever, sim simple. And so like the way that people got into an AppQ's trial primarily before was a big button on our homepage that said start building for free or something, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then you're thinking like, so they get in and they start building for free, they get a brief sign up page, then they get flipped into AppQ's with this flow that's like, okay, then it says let's build. Love that. Yes. Right. Yeah. And before, what what did I put in there? It was probably just like get started or something. Or yeah, I think it was get started. Something pretty generic. Yeah. It was really like with the call to action here, it's just trying to like drive someone to go do something. And the word let's build sounds like more fun. I'm thinking like Legos in my mind now. We're like, let's build, you know, like one of those <laughs> uh, games where uh, I've been watching a lot of baking shows on Netflix. I don't know why. I, I'm not even a baker, but I like, let's bake. Or let's yeah, bake let's now, change the CTA to let's bake and see what happens. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Are you seeing an increase in terms of people clicking on that or is it too early to call? I'm really curious. This is a really strong hypothesis, the connection from the call to action on, on the marketing homepage to, to here. Strong hypothesis that because of this, the wording is more specific, more people know what to expect from it. And probably the click-through rate here is uh, the click on on the, the button itself, the call to action is, is higher than it was before. But any numbers to share or is it too early to share right now? So I honestly hadn't looked prior to on here, but I'm gonna pull it up really quick in my other screen and I can tell you. Um, but I believe what I initially saw when we rolled it out, we were seeing slightly higher numbers. Yeah, so we're about a 20% completion rate. Wow. Um, which isn't bad because um, I think this is this is two steps. Um, so it's pretty short. But just getting someone to click on that button and not fall off to me was a success because that this we can walk through it. Would this would throw people onto our flow page where there's more copy, 
Um, there's like the tooltip that we could pop up with the flow, um, but it really kind of drives people to where we want them to go instead of dead ending them or doing a tour across the application. It's like build, here's the page that you need to go to to start doing the thing. In terms of any other any other changes that you're looking to implement here, are there anything that is in the pipeline that you're um, potentially super excited about? Yeah. So one of the other things, I'm going to flip hopefully my other tab. Oh, it doesn't show up. Just stop sharing. Um, but one of the other things that I started doing, I've kind of taken a little hiatus from it. I need to pick it back up. Um, but is on every tab for a new trial, we're actually putting up a new little slide out that just kind of describes what the tab is. Um, because if anyone goes into AppUse, you're going to find that we have a lot of tabs that do a lot of different things and they're all powerful. But we hadn't really talked about what they were unlocking per tab. You'd have to go to your help docs or maybe open it up and read a very short snippet. But what we wanted to do here is like, how does this provide value to you? So here's a checklist screen. Um, and one of the things I think I actually pulled off of our like regular website was like guide users with steps or maybe Lila had put it in one of the older like true user onboarding ones, I don't know. But it was like awesome to just tell people like, here is the value that you can get using a checklist. Um, we use like the word like simple, customizable, you know, like buzzwords. But it helps people to figure it out when they come here and be like, okay, I want to take a tour of this. I want to find out what this can unlock for me and why I want to build this. Um, so trying to put these in different places across the application, uh, just to describe more for the people that are like, I don't want to do a tour. Just let me explore my own because there's a lot of people who are like that. 80% of our people are apparently based on our metrics. How can we cater to different types of learning? Not all users come up with the same intent. Not everyone learns the same way and they just wanna go investigate on their own and that's okay, but we need to adapt to that as well in our app. Yeah, and you had like before, right? Before when you were a trialer and you came to any, you've navigated out of flows and AppQs and you decided to explore a different part. There was nothing there before, right? There was no type of, at all they were just in the launch pad so you weren't getting anything kind of alerting you right and like i don't know one of the things that i stole it from too is our true user onboarding so like when you do sign up as a customer you get all of this stuff and we want it to be a little bit more like long-winded in those cases but why can't we use that as an opportunity in our trial to do a little bit of education and value-driven education so it's kind of like a nice little tie back to how can we weave the two, but keep them as our isolated functions? Yeah, and one other cool thing that, I don't know if you have, I know you just started doing this too, so you might not have any, any info on it, but I think this is a really cool um, hybrid approach. That a lot of folks who are like PLG novices or have complex products might benefit from, which is those kind of nudges, personal touches throughout the trial. I know you did like some pins with that. You kind of mentioned it. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about those personal touches that you put in? Yeah, um, so we've done three. Um, I don't have them up here, but we can send some screenshots over or find a way to do it. So we put three things in. We have two pins and one slide out that we do. Um, so for our qualified customers, people that um, our sales team wants to really get a hold of, we've, instead of putting just like kind of in your face message, like on day one, what we decided to utilize was a pin. Um, we've put it on the overview screen. So the screen that everybody lands on, unless you've like routed somewhere specific in your, your URL. And so I think it's on 
day two, we put it up. And the pin is basically like, ask for help, or would you like to have some support? So it's just, you click and it's going to fire off to a sales team member and they'd be able to get in contact with you to either give you a demo, answer some questions, really help you out. That way you're kind of not alone in the process. We wanted to make sure that people didn't feel alone in the process of evaluating, but not like they were being hundred percent sold to with this. Um, one of the other ones that we were putting into the application was actually our Chrome extension. Um, so AppUse has historically not really pushed hard on showing your showing off that we have a Chrome extension and getting you into the builder until you created a flow or you click on something very specific. And on that overview page, you're like, let's take a shot and see if people are going to click and get that Chrome extension. Um, we've actually had some decent through, throughput there. I was very excited. Like the first day I pushed it out, I saw like 10 people within the first hour, like click on it. Nice. Why is this? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I was like, it's working. Um, and it's actually giving me some leverage to say, I think we need to get this into our true onboarding workflow, leveraging that user intent and then saying, okay, how do we put up a screen? That's basically like, Hey, where would you like to build? And here's our Chrome extension. And this is why it provides you value from that very initial point, because without it, you can't do a whole lot. So it was really nice to be able to put it on there and leverage more parts of AppUse with like the pins and the sliders and things like that to really subtly nudge people who may not want that like in your face intrusion. Yeah, no, that's great. So I was actually going to ask you what are some something that might have surprised you so far, but you might have answered my question already a little bit, but is there any other um, like surprises or, you know, good or bad that you've been that you've seen so far? So one of the things that like I had started doing as soon as I started putting out all these flows was I started to pay a lot of attention to full story so I could see what people are doing. Cause you see the numbers, but the numbers like without, like, I don't know. I like numbers, but I like them with supporting evidence. I'm like, why is people falling off? Um, so one of the first things that really surprised me was like with this welcome tour, we put it out and I'm like, this is going to work. We're going to get people to go create things. People did go create things and they never followed the rest of the steps um, because they would land on that flow screen. It would, put their newly created flow on there. And then they would go see the themes tab and I'd lose them to themes and they would never come back. So it's very interesting to watch. Like if you don't catch them at the right point in your flow, mm. you're losing them. And that's why like putting, why I started to move towards like the slide outs on the different tabs was okay, if I lose them, can I pull them back? Or like, what am I losing them to? Like, I guess the word theme is very enticing. And I never would have thought, but it's been surprising like, to watch people and how they interact and then how can I try and like think ahead of them in these flows. Yeah. You're like, uh, like I'm picturing like agility dogs or something and you're like, <laughs> like trying to like, like direct them into right. the right little obstacle courses. You're like, no, doggy, jump over the hood and run through the tube. <laughs> right. Buddy. Yeah. It makes sense to me. That, that does definitely make sense. I think you're showing exactly uh, all the logic there um, and you're kind of building this out. One thing that I, we haven't really spent a lot of time on is like how you, how much you're working with our, the marketing team to kind of align like the nurture email sequence to, to that whole in-app experience. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship with Mark? I'm in the marketing team, but <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the product team. I know we should, uh, we should be, working more together, but especially more so in a product-led company. 
uh, what does that relationship look like with um, the folks yeah. at marketing? No, that's a great question. One of the first things coming in was actually aligning with the marketing team and with the CX team. So when I first started, I was getting to know Lila and then getting to know Meg on our marketing team and what existed today. Like one of the first steps that I took was around just doing an audit. What are all the emails that are being sent? What is the in-app experience? Who's sending the emails? Um, so working with our marketing team to really understand what existed, what their approach was, and then what the, we wanted to do moving forward. Um, so we definitely have had it on for like January and then February of how to re, re, like revitalize our sequence um, so that we can go more value-based or more linking back into flows. I have not looped back around to it yet. Yeah, just really working alongside to try and figure out like what the best strategies are. And I think one other important factor in there too is looping in our sales team. I don't know, Lila knows that I talk about like on the one side, we have like our product and our engineering managers and like our UX designers and that's like one side of it. But the other side is really gonna be marketing sales and product and a product like growth company. And how do we all coordinate across each other? Because we're all trying to talk to our customers. We're trying to get the feedback. We're trying to build these experiences, especially for trialers and not overwhelm them at once. Um, so it's been a lot of alignment around how do we try and outreach to people? What objectives do we want? How do we try and improve these things? And how do we all iterate together? So like all of these flow changes that I've showed or talked about, it's all in coordination with marketing and sales and CX too. I mean, CX really belongs more like a square. Like it all fits together of we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. And how do we make sure we have that constant communication and trying to improve these touch points with our users? And there's still a lot of work to be done here. I mean, I barely have even like scratched the surface, but yeah, it's like, we're all trying to figure it all out. But I mean, I talk to marketing, I talk to like my counterpart, Meg, like we talk every day, lots and lots of times a day of like, did you see this new flow that this company over here did? Like, oh, there's really good. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love it. Any final tips or advice before we uh, wrap up, Kay, for, for people tuning in? Like, what are some final pieces of advice you'd like to give? I think my biggest piece of advice is like, watch what your users are doing. You can take stabs at it. You can talk to all your internal people. But really, if you're not watching what they're doing in some like creepy way, then it's like, that's going to be your best way to learn and try and adapt. That's where I've learned the most. And also like, your moments are going to change. Like I came in thinking one thing, observed another, have adjusted again. And probably next week, I'm gonna tell you that there's probably a different activation moment and it's gonna depend on your app, but that's also, okay, just kind of keep an eye on your trends and what you're trying to drive and where you're seeing your user success. It is tricky. It's really tricky and be really communicative. I like to talk a lot I'm pure. I mean, I've talked for like 40 minutes now. I like to talk. <laughs> so, like, I know the sure. feeling, Kay. I know the feeling. <laughs> like, make sure you're communicating and coordinating. Like this stuff is at the end of the day, it's all about your users. It's not about, I mean, it is about your company, but it's about the users that you're trying to get in. And if you're overwhelming them with communications, like how do you approach that and trying to send the right message at the right time? And that is really, really, really hard. And that's okay too. It's okay that this is going to be hard. It's not going to be an overnight success. If it was, we'd all do it. Yeah, that's true. 
Hey, where can people find more about you? Um, are you online, as they say? Um, LinkedIn? Do you have a blog? What do you do? Oh I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> Just a thing on LinkedIn, though. I don't do a whole lot. <laughs> but I'm there. If you want to find me, I would totally talk anytime. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Katie. Really appreciate of it. Of course. Well, thank you both. <laughs>